This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 284 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, the $30,000 stick horse. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Fleeceworks for the finest fleece pads available anywhere in the world at fleeceworks.com. And Equisketch. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the Stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hail, hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. Sit on down and laugh till your poop Cause it's time again for Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop This is Glenda Geek And this is Helena B And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show On the Horse Radio Network Howdy Helena, howdy Helena Howdy Glenn, howdy Glenn How are ya? I'm good. How are we, you? We have a Texas girl on today, which is why I'm saying howdy a lot. Oh, all right. Yeah, you like them Texas girls. I do. They're so sweet. They are. And smart. And, and they smart. do cool things on horseback. And brave. <laughs> <laughs> Very brave. A lot braver than I'll ever be. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I do have a little bit of exciting news. Um, my cart is supposed to be in next week in my <gasps> harness, so I'll be able to drive my pony finally in a cart. Your fancy carnival cart? My fancy <laughs> carnival cart should be here. The uh, guy building it, Fry Carriage Company, contacted me and just wanted to confirm that we really did want it those shades of yellow and blue. <laughs> and uh, he Sorry, was painting it. Sorry, I'm not it. laughing at you. <laughs> he, was, oh, he, he was laughing, I think. Uh, and he said, do you really want, because we picked which pieces we want and painted what? And he said, nobody's ever had that piece painted anything other than the color of the cart. And we said, nope, make it bright yellow. So mm. it should be very interesting carnival cart. Okay. Carnival cart. So we're Good. looking forward well, to that. Exciting. Can't but wait. They, I can't wait. Do they have like an estimated time of arrival? It should ship the end of this week and it comes by big truck. So uh, about a week. So oh, probably when I'm God. away. You need to video this thing when the truck opens up. Yes. And there's a show. Oh, you, I have to see video of that. And they pack it in a crate, so it's all taken apart, and you have to put it back together, sort of like an Ikea piece of furniture. Oh, oh. I hi. hope the directions are better than Ikea. I know. I was going to say. I hope they're in English. <laughs> yes, exactly. With pictures. But uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. The harness is supposed to be here about the same time. So, And, and Wendy is also supposed to be here about the same time. So that's a good thing, because she's staying with us for a couple of days, and she's going to help us do the initial hookup and adjust everything. Okay. Because the cart has nine adjustments on it, uh, where you can adjust lengths and heights. Okay. Things, and then the harness has a thousand adjustments on it. So, you know, uh, it's when you're first hooking up a horse or a pony to a cart, there's a lot of things you have to adjust. And uh, I would rather have professional help with that. But thank you very much. I don't blame you. Good for Good decision. Yep. So I'm excited about that. That's coming up. And we're going this weekend. I'm leaving tomorrow, actually. Uh, we're we're going to be meeting and seeing each other this weekend at the American Equestrian Trade Association again. I'm so looking forward to it. I know. Me too. We're back on a regular schedule with Ada. So this this makes me, this gives me my Coach Jen and Glenn the Geek fix on a more regular basis, which is essential to my sanity. I get, uh, I get a Helena hug. Haven't had one of those in a while. 
Yeah, and we get to stir up some trouble. It's going to be fun. It's it is going to be, be fun. fun this I time. am judging again. Uh, they've asked me to judge the booths again. Oh. So I'll be booth judging and picking the winner of the best booth. What's the theme this year? Uh, I think it's an Oscar type of theme because I know that for the market party, it's uh, we've got we've got some red carpet surprises. Ah. We, there's some Oscar-inspired attire that we're instructed to wear. So. Oh, I can't wait to see your slinky dress with your cleavage showing. Ah, I don't have cleavage. Oh, good God. <laughs> but I that's what they wear at the Oscars, slinky dresses with their cleavage showing. I know, but they have like they have special effects people to create cleavage. <laughs> I don't. I have a box of Kleenex. <laughs> <laughs> we, we'll see. I don't know. Well, Sissy Finn is our style director. We will let her. She dresses me for Do you all have a makeup artist events. that you've hired to, for the occasion? Because they have that too. She has. Somebody do she's your got hair. a little bag of tricks, Sister Finn. Okay. She's got a little bag of tricks. We'll see what we got. Are you bringing, are you bringing the guy along? Of course. Who's going to wear a tuxedo? Oh. Do I have to get dressed up? You might. <laughs> you just might. Oh, I have to get a suit Do out. you own a top hat? I don't own a top hat. I don't, right. I've never owned a tux. I think I've worn a tux once when we got married. But you own tights, so let's, you yeah, know. I, I, I could wear a tights and a dress. I still have my king outfit. Would that work? That would be awesome. <laughs> Bring your yeah. king outfit. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure everybody loved that. They would. You'll probably win. Yeah, we're trying to get sponsors, not have them running away in horror. So. Well, you know, the first step in getting sponsors is to get noticed. <laughs> well, that would do it, certainly. So do. there you go. Just suck it up. Put the ego, leave the ego at home. Oh, at I wore that king outfit to some unusual places. So, <laughs> But you've never worn it to Ada. No, so I have never worn it to Ada. I'm throwing down. I'm throwing it down. <laughs> well, the I'm next saying. time when they do a medieval party, then I'll be able to wear that one. So then, you know what? We'll put it in I'll a good I'll be the word. best dressed for that one. Maybe we can do medieval theme for the winter Ada Yes, I'll sure. have the biggest sword, too. Yes, you will. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure you will. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get on with the show, because we have a ton of guests today. I know. How'd that happen? All right. <laughs> we, we had do. What do we two got? days ago, and they, they all came out of the woodwork and want to be on the show. So you, we're going to start with, uh, let me go to my show notes page here. We're going to start with uh, Jody Werner, uh, and of course, she's of Dear Murray fame. She comes on with us once a month, and she's got the latest from uh, Dear Murray's column. And then we're going to speak with a listener who contacted us. Tell us a little bit about her. Oh, this is, this is the most exciting part of the show for me today. Um, Marlene Lewenberger sent us an email. She's um, been listening to Horse Radio Network for a while now, and she's been following along. And she listens to some of the trial and tribulations when I talk about being a, you know, a horse mom. And she's a horse mom herself. She has two teenage girls who are, um, they're now, they're eventers. They started out in the hunter-jumper world, and she's got some horse experience herself. And so between her and her husband juggling um, full-time jobs, two teenage girls and a full riding schedule. She's got a lot to bring to the table and um, some things she's learned along the rail, as she call it. So we're going to get an introduction to Marlene today, get, get to know who she is and, and her daughters. And then after her, we have Ashley Pletcher on with us, and she is going to talk to us about getting into trick riding. What do you do if you want to get into trick riding? She's a trick rider and a very ambitious young woman, and I think that you're going to absolutely love her. They're out of Texas. Plus, we're going to learn about 
some very special white horses that we knew nothing about before. So I know white Morgan horses. I know. I just didn't even know they existed, but this is going to be a lot of fun. So we have it's a great show. Plus, we have an update on a Tack and Habit product that we brought to you before. Uh, Helena has uh, given the the product of thorough testing now, and she's going to give us an update on that. All on today's Stable Scoop radio show, right after this word from Fleeceworks. Fleeceworks manufactures pure Australian merino sheepskin and merino wool saddle pads and accessories. Their pads produce a vital thermal balancing layer to pull excess moisture and heat away from the horse's back, allowing muscles to work at maximum capacity without overheating. Fleeceworks Australian merino wool is breathable and hydrophilic, able to hold and store 35% of its own weight in liquid. A longtime staple of the medical field, Australian merino fibers have no equal when it comes to delivering a temperature-controlled, pressure-absorbing layer. The Fleeceworks philosophy, minimum bulk, maximum performance, and they have a variety of anatomically correct pads incorporating technologies and designs that address the individual needs of every horse and rider. Ask for Fleeceworks saddle pads and accessories by name at your local tack and feed store or visit them online at fleeceworks.com. We're going to get to see Judy at Fleeceworks this weekend and we'll get to chat with her. She actually, her booth is right up from where our booth is. So we get to chat with her a lot and see the new product, the new fleece products that she has coming out. Uh, that's coming up. Jody Werner is first on deck with her Dear Murray column of the month. Well, welcome back, Jody. It's so good to talk to you again. Good morning, Glenn. Good morning, Helena. How are you doing? We are good great. Morning. Happy New Year. We're good. Jody. where are you? You're on the West Coast, right? I am on, yes, the left coast, as they say. I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area. The San Fr- I'm going to be out in your area in a couple of weeks. What are you doing going out to San Francisco? I'm jealous. None of your beeswax. <laughs> <laughs> well. None of your beeswax. I'm really jealous. Um. Well, at, well, the the reason I asked is because I was wondering what the weather was like because this is I'm from New England, so one of the things we like to do is talk oh, about the weather. I'm sorry. So, I grew up in in um New York State, in upstate New York, so I understand what real winter is and we certainly don't have it out here in California. Okay, so you're like 75 degrees and sunny right now, aren't you? We're not quite that warm here. We're in the 60s during the day. Actually, this winter, it's gotten well below freezing at night for long stretches of time. So it's been unusually cold. But what we usually get in the winter is a lot of rain, and we have not had one drop of rain this year. So we're actually That's because you gave it all to all of us in Florida. We've had nothing but rain when we're supposed to be dry. So Yeah, you've <laughs> had quite the rainy day. Oh, the, we had the another rainy month. three, four inches last night. We get reports from uh, Wellington and Ocala. There's all over Facebook. People are reporting about, you know, uh, the hunter rings just being totally oh, yeah. underwater for half the day. It's supposed to be the dry season. We're not supposed to get rain from October through April. And it's been doing nothing but raining three or four times a week, inches at a time. Oh, my God. So. And we've got nothing, absolutely nothing. And now they're concerned because all the reservoirs are empty and they're half- going to have oh, and fires water too, I guess. in the winter. And fires, California fires. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's not why we got... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> How did I get on that? That depressing well, you know topic. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jody, dear Murray is back with us. And uh, what does he have this month? Well, this month we're talking about actually double standards in a way. He got a letter recently from a person, well, actually a horse, that writes, Dear Murray. My person gets mad at me when I neigh back to my friends. She says I'm buddy sour. How can I explain to her that ignoring my friends would just be rude? 
and it's signed Social Butterfly. And Murray responds, Dear Butterfly, Next time your person gives you a hard time for whinnying or running around like an idiot because you're separated from your friends and you can't talk to them, hide her phone. Then watch her run around like an idiot because she's separated from her friends and can't talk to them. Sometimes humans just need a little taste of their own medicine. (laughs) Why why, why is it that, that horses who are herd animals and very social aren't allowed to talk to each other when all people do all day long is post what they're doing every moment of the day on Facebook and talk to each other. That's right. <laughs> you know, you... the next time my pony, my pony's, my pony's a little bit this way with Jennifer's horse, and uh, next time he's out there winning and running around, I'm going to have a new attitude about it now, thanks to this. I know. I mean, they're, they're social animals. They're herd animals, and yet we don't expect them to want to talk to each other every minute of the day like we do. Yeah. It, very good point. It is annoying, though, <laughs> i got to say. What's annoying? It's annoying. I mean, the, I mean, we name? do it a little more discreetly now where we have the phone. We don't have to shout across the pasture at our friends like they do, but it's exactly the same thing, really. It really is. You're right. It, it is. They're social. We're social. We bond. We're group. We're, we're, well, we're, we're carnivores, so we'd be pack animals. They're herbivores, so they're herd animals. We think it's interesting. Now. I mean, the times have changed it up, but we now think it's interesting. We have to tell each other what kind of sandwich we're eating at any given moment. Oh, I know. <laughs> Well, they have to do it, too. They're probably talking about how good or bad their grain is, whether or not they get first or second cut hay. Oh, she got me first cut again. Well, we figured out my pony's case. It's not so much that he's emotionally attached to the other horse. He just thinks the other horse is getting food while it's away, and he's not. Because he's so food motivated that uh, he is just convinced that, uh, that Beaker is getting the good stuff while he's away. When he doesn't know that Beaker's getting his legs written off. So... I think that's probably a lot of it is food motivation. You're, you're, that's true. I mean, horses are motivated, as we know, by food or beer, or mostly what they do. My horse likes beer. Does yeah. He? What kind? Yeah. Does he really? He does. Um, he likes IPA. Well, that's what Buck gives him. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> and coffee. I, I have a little cup sometimes. I go out in the morning, and um, I have coffee in my hand, and if it's anywhere near his nose, he'll stick his big He's fat tongue He's a caffeinated alcoholic, your horse. Yeah. I, I, we're going to try cigarettes next. What the heck? He's that laid back. He's such a cool dude. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> well, you know, as our good friend Sissy Finn says from Chasing a Fox, she's always looking for the perfect horse, and her perfect horse is a cocktails and cigarettes horse. <laughs> because <laughs> I think it's a little bit different version than what Brody is, but yeah, cocktails and cigarettes, beer and butts. That's very funny. I think if horses had phones and could get on Facebook, well, Murray can't clearly, but that um, that would solve a lot of the buddy seller problems. So maybe all they need is a, a very large keypad. <laughs> and a connection to the internet. That's it. That's the solution. Some headphones. Get them little earbuds. Oh, can you imagine what the bandwidth bill would be then? Oh, for... my God. <laughs> oh my God. No kidding. Well, oh. Jody, thank you so much once again for joining us. We appreciate it. Give out the website. You can find Letters to Dear Murray on Facebook. Just search on Dear Murray and you will find him. Very good. Or you, will, or you might find some guy with a long beard who name, whose name is Murray, who actually also gives advice to humans <laughs> under the name Dear Murray. I found him as well. <laughs> oh, That's really? not the one. Murray so, has the long ears. Okay. <laughs> and you have a website, though, personally, don't you? 
I do. Um, you can find my work at jlw at sfredhead.com, and you can also look for Misfit Designs on Facebook and find some of my cartoon work there. love having Jody Werner on to hear about what's new in Dear Murray's life and his column. Glad to have her back. Up next, Marlene Lewinberger, and she's going to talk to us about what it's like to be a horse mom. Welcome, Marlene, to the Stable Scoop radio show. We're glad to have another horse mom on board. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So we all met by accident. In fact, we haven't even met at all, but you contacted us, uh, Glenn and I, online and told us a little bit about what your life is like as a horse mom, which, of course, to me is absolutely fascinating. <laughs> and, you know, we both figured that there are a lot of other horse moms out there who would be interested in hearing what um, a day or a week in the life of another horse mom is like. But before we get into talking about that, tell us about yourself. And you have two daughters, right? I have two daughters, yes. Bless you. And they are 14 and 16. So they're right in the heart of horse love. Yes, yes. We are in the thick of it, and it's very busy. And we've just gotten past the point where you don't know anything and you're starting to know a little bit again. Is that the point we're at? Well, um, I grew up a horse girl myself, uh, and I had a horse in my backyard, but I didn't have a lot of money. So we didn't have a trailer. I didn't compete a lot. I got a few lessons in the summertime. Um, but I mostly rode around in the backyard, did a lot of trail riding. Um, I had a friend with a horse and we used to ride all over the place. Um, but I didn't do a lot of serious showing. And, um, and when I did, it was a little bit embarrassing because I never really had, uh, the, the clothing I was supposed to have. Helena, don't listen to this part. (laughs) I'm not hearing you. Helena, Um, she was that girl at the show. I was, I was, you're (laughs) ugly and your mother dresses you funny. Yeah. (laughs) I haven't heard that. <laughs> Which in a we long all time. can relate to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. So, um, so I, yeah, I rode as a kid, and then um, when I, um, I went, when I finished high school, um, I went away from riding because nobody else in my family rode. So they sold my horse, and then uh, I went off to college, got focused on my career, and I basically didn't ride again for 25 years until my daughter brought me back to it. Wow, that's such a common story. And how many horses get sold when the kid goes off to college? Oh. You come home and your horse is gone. <laughs> well, yeah, I, it's, it's, yeah it, it, she made the distinction of they sold my horse. Yes, exactly. I noticed that. <laughs> that and she hasn't forgiven them yet. <laughs> <laughs> so it does happen. You do, you know, you focus on developing yourself as a non-horse person. And, of course, that really that fills and overfills your day. Um, and then you add kids to that and like really what happens until they start riding themselves. So did you think about, um, horses, having horses in your life when your kids were little? I didn't really think about it until Jamie started to show an interest. You know, I kind of, um, uh, kind of mentally, I think I always sort of thought, mm, I probably can't afford that. And I didn't see it happening, but it's funny how when your kids get into something like that, you find a way. How, so how old was she when she said, Mommy, I want a pony? Um, I, I, don't know, I don't know that she actually came out with, I, I want a pony. How the whole thing started was when she was um, about four years old, 
my aunt, my favorite aunt, uh, gave her one of those stick horses that you squeeze the ear and it makes the clip-clop sounds and plays music and all that. <laughs> and from there, it was like, only read books about horses, only watch movies about horses, only draw horses, only talk about horses. Everything was horses from then on. You know, those stick horses only cost about $30, but they're really about $30,000 stick horses. <laughs> <laughs> You know it. <laughs> True. <laughs> and she wore out three of them. <laughs> See? <laughs> and it leads to all this other stuff. <laughs> yeah, so actually at that time she was really into it, but I was a little, because I love horses myself and I knew that it was always there, I was a little worried about pressing my interest on her because she was so young. And so I really sort of held back and didn't say a whole lot didn't encourage a lot, didn't sign her up for riding lessons or anything like that right away. Um, this is when finally, you know you really want them to ride, when yeah. you have to choke it back. She's consciously <laughs> making an effort. Because you want their interest to be gentle. By the way, she's the only one that's in this world that's listening to this show right now that consciously made an effort not to do that. <laughs> so, no, I, Marlene, I bet- you're a better person than the rest of us. <laughs> I wouldn't go there. Want- I'm sure I have other issues. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you. So you you really you you kind of you took a backseat to this thing. You wanted to let it develop on its own. Yeah, because I had a lot of people say, "Oh, you know, all girls they go through a stage where they like horses. You know, it'll pass." So I waited, and um, finally we had a uh, preschool teacher conference um, with her uh, preschool, and the teacher proceeded to describe to us about how whenever they would have time for sharing in class that the kids all would roll their eyes and go, oh, no, not another horse story. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, well, you know, I've been a little concerned about pushing my interest on her. And she's like, no, this is legitimate. This is a legitimate interest of her own. Please go get this kid some lessons. Um, and so that Christmas, uh, Santa brought her, um, uh, a riding hat and paddock boots and she started riding in, in January in 21 degree weather and grinned from ear to ear the whole time. Aww. Now, okay. So let's fast forward a little bit. Um, your, so both daughters, so this was the first daughter who got into, who was just bitten by the bug. That's Jamie. Yes. Yeah. Okay. She started riding when she was five. Okay. And then you have Elise, right. who now she's, does she also have the bug? She also has the bug, but I think it's a more casual bug. Okay. You know, so they tend more to come from different places. Okay. Mm-hmm. They tend to come from different places. Like, you know, when you have two kids, they, they have different uh, motivations. They tend to, sometimes they, they like the same things, but for different reasons because they have these different personalities. So... Right. Jamie's more competitive and Elise is a little more casual. Right. I mean, uh, Jamie, I mean, to put it in a, in kind of a nutshell, Jamie is very, she's very serious about everything. She's a serious student. She's a serious rider. She's a serious horse person. Like she wants to understand, know about total care, cares for her tech, very, very organized and thoughtful and methodical about it. Elise is more like, yeah, I want to jump high and post pictures on Instagram. (laughs) 
awesome. <laughs> and ride bareback 90% of the time because it's easier. <laughs> yeah. Look, Mom, no hands. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She might become a NASCAR racer down the line. <laughs> we have a friend or two like that. So we, so you have these two daughters who have sort of different different motivations, but a similar passion for, for horses. And, of course, your own passion. What do what is the what is the trio the three of you? What does your life look like when it comes to horses today? Um, well, in in a in any given week, um, it normally starts with typically Mondays are pretty quiet because there are no lessons going on at the barn um, on Mondays. We board our horses at a pretty large boarding facility, but but it's very very close to our house. Um, and there's an indoor and a nice outdoor there and a cross-country field and so forth. So it's a really nice facility, and it's very close, so it's, it works great for us. Um, and Mondays are usually pretty quiet, and often that's a day off for us and the horses. And, um, but it usually starts with a text message between me and the barn owner's wife to schedule lessons. Um, and then we try to set the schedule for the week uh, because in addition to board, I buy a lesson package, which allows us a certain number of sessions per week. Mm-hmm. And um, I buy five lessons per week for us as a family. Okay. Between the three of you. Yes. Okay. So you're working to fund this habit. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Bing! <laughs> yeah, I hate it when making a living gets in the way of living my life. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you so you spend the rest of the week um, in various stages of schooling, learning, grooming, caring, and then taxiing your, your kids around. Right, right. So we're usually trying to squeeze the bulk of the lessons in during the week. Um, in between that, we, fix in, we fit in uh, 4-H meetings. Um, Jamie's in both horse and dog 4-H, at least it's just in the dog 4-H. So we show and have dogs also. So my life is a dog and pony show, literally. Literally. Wow. That's, you're busy. Do you, do you get like a good night's sleep every night? Um, yeah, there's, there's not a lot that keeps me awake anymore. <laughs> yeah. I think I'd probably hit the bed and like be out for a good 10 hours. So you, um, now do you, so you're riding, what kind of riding? We didn't ask you this, this part. What discipline do you focus on? Well, um, we all grew up hunter jumpers and I say I say we because I mostly rode hunter jumper as a kid although my trainer when I was young was an eventer so she expected me to know and practice all dressage um, jumping and hunters and fit in um, a little bit of the you know trail riding cross-country sort of thing I didn't get to do a lot of cross-country but she was an eventer and she kind of had that overall mindset um and uh, my kids grew up doing um, hunter jumpers because I think, you know, a lot of kids start. I mean, I think the hunters were designed to teach kids how to ride correctly anyway. <coughs> so we started to do that. Um, and now uh, my kids have gotten fed up with the politics of the hunter ring, frankly. <laughs> and they've said, yeah, let's try eventing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and, it, a, it and that's a common, common thing. Yeah, yeah. and it helps that we have a great... We have a great um, set of trainers at the barn where we are. There's a dressage trainer that comes in once a week. There's another dressage tra- trainer that comes in on a different day on the week. And there's um, kind of a resident um, head trainer that's an eventer. So it gives them good access to, to training in that discipline, and they've just decided to go for it. 
I have a question and, coming from another side, from the other side here. Is there is there a dad in the picture? There is a dad in the picture. And how does he fit into this picture? Is he like, oh, good, they're all out of my hair, or what, how's he fit in? Um, he's his his primary concern is how are we going to pay for this? Yeah, that's that's what, all our primary. Do we have a budget? <laughs> um, that's that's his his primary uh, question, and um, he's spent enough time cooling his heels. Uh, at horse shows with, you know, waiting for, I you know how you wait for hours for your kid to go in the ring. Oh, yeah. yeah. Especially at hunter shows. He's at the shows. point now where it's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going. Well, you know, yeah. now he can go watch cross country, which is much more fun. Yeah. Right. And That's he can bring his dog, which he loves. Yeah. And you can sleep through dressage, watch cross country, and then show jumping's like, oh, cool. But you know, sleep through dressage. Oh, yeah. Oh, my well, that's God. What, Philip that's what and dads Mr. do. You. you think dads watch dressage? No, they don't. Dad's no, he actually he does. He, he he will video it. Oh, well, see, that's not watching. That's a, you put a, you gave him a job which distracts him. Glenn, it's oh. true. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. Now he, he learned the valuable dad lesson. Burst though. in our bubble, dude. You're he learned in our a bubble. valuable dad lesson, and the valuable dad lesson was, and I hope I'm right about this, that the kids have delayed finding boys. Yes. See, that's true. Perfect. That's true. They're Don't also let them not hanging this, out at the, the mall. Way. Don't let them listen to this. They're not hanging out at the mall spending yet more money. <laughs> right. Right. But Instead, my husband would argue through... even that's cheaper. That's <laughs> <gasps> true. Ooh. Yeah, you know. Well, Marlene, we want to have you back uh, uh, on a regular basis to talk about some lessons that you've learned. Okay. And maybe some things that you could help uh, new moms, ones that are just coming in, not new moms, but moms who are just coming into the horse thing, whose daughter just said, I want a pony. <laughs> you know, the things that you have learned along the way that you can help them with, maybe little tips and pointers that will help them uh, not have to go through some of the ups and downs that you did. That sounds awesome. I'd love that. That's, sounds Yeah. Sounds, I think that's a great I idea. I'd love to terrific. have this conversation. And you know, I just want to remind everybody out there, if you if you have young children who aren't quite pony ready or you have kids but you're just getting into the horse world, keep this in mind. Board is still cheaper than bail. <laughs> and psychotherapy. And psychotherapy. All right, so we're going to make this a regular segment. Marlene, thank you so much for joining us. See, now I got something totally different of this whole conversation. I got (laughs) don't buy them one of those stick horses because they're expensive. That's what I got. The $30,000 stick horse. That's that's my favorite. I think that'll be the name of the show, the $30,000 stick horse. That's true. We're going to have to name it that. Thanks, Marlene. Marlene. Have a great week. Thanks. All right. Bye. You too. If you are looking for a cure for the winter blues, then the Southern Equine Expo is the answer. Formerly the Southern Horse Bonanza, the Expo will return to the Tennessee Miller Coliseum in Murfreesboro, Tennessee on February 14th through the 16th. During this event, attendees will enjoy clinics presented by nationally known horsemen, educational seminars, and hands-on demonstrations. And new to this year's Expo are competitions including a blacksmith and farrier competition and a youth ranch horse challenge. Many past guests of the Horse Radio Network will be clinicians at this fantastic event. Chris Cox, Tammy Crawford, Dick Peeper, Chase Dodd, Lisa Wysocki, Mark and Miranda Lyon, and so many more covering a diversity of disciplines. 
our good friend Wayne Williams of Speaking of Horses will be doing the announcing. Plus, it is one of the most affordable expos in the country at only $9 for adults for advanced tickets. Oh, did I mention the shopping? There is lots of it, and who doesn't need a shopping fix in the middle of February? If you live anywhere near Tennessee, plan a trip to Murfreesboro for the Southern Equine Expo, presented by Tartar Farm and Ranch Equipment. That's February 14th through the 16th. Visit them online for all the details at southernequineexpo.com. Next up, we have Ashley Pletcher on with us, and she's going to talk to us a little bit about Trick Rider. Ashley is a 21-year-old Trick Rider from Texas. She works with the good folks down at Texas White Horse Ranch, and they do rodeos and all kinds of events all over all over the country. And we're going to learn what it's like to become a Trick Rider and how, how do you learn that. So that's all coming up with Ashley. Well, hi, Ashley. Welcome to the Stable Scoop Show. Hi, guys. It's glad to be interviewed by you guys. Well, I'm so glad to have you. You know, we love people who do fun things with their horses. You know, there's so many serious competitors in the world, and that's fun too. But then there's fun fun, and you took the route of going fun fun. So you're a trick rider, and how does, you're not that old. I mean, uh, you're in your early 20s. When did you decide that, uh, you know, trick riding was something you wanted to do? Well, since I was about 12 years old, I worked for a couple other trainers doing stuff from riding gated horses to competitive trail riding to hunter jumpers up in Pennsylvania. And I worked for a previous trainer that kind of gave me the taste of trick and roman riding, and I really liked it. And I got a hold of the Anderson family in Texas. And they are third-generation entertainers who have been doing this for all their life and have trained many people. And they had a position open. They were looking for someone to work full-time for them. And I fit the part and came here, and I've been here for two years now. And it's just something that kind of happened. <laughs> no, it's see, but Wow, that's... so this is like an actual career choice. Like you went and had to like interview slash audition for your role? Um, well, I talked with Austin on the phone and told him what I could do and sent him some video and pictures. And he basically just said, well, why don't you come down here and try it out? And if we all get along, then you can stay. And if not, it was, you know, nice to meet you. And, you know, we'll move on then. And But that's a Texas me, so. way, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It is. They're yeah. smart down yeah. there. They're <laughs> smart down there. Yeah, you can come and you can stay for a day or two. But if I don't like you, you're gone. That's and how long was <laughs> how long was it before you knew that, that that each of you knew that this was a good fit that you both wanted you to stay? After I had been here about like a month or two and got comfortable with everyone, they pretty much take me on as part of their family now, and I've been here two years now. Well, now Ashley, I take I, I take uh, not offense, but I take umbrage with the, one of the things you said. You said it just sort of happened, and that's not true. You made it happen. And I I think there's an important lesson there. You made the call, you did the research, you you knew what you wanted to do, and you made it happen. And I think Helene and I both want to make sure that that point is made, because what you made happen didn't happen in a vacuum. They didn't come seeking you out. You made it happen. And I think that's what we're trying to, we, we try and tell teenagers so often, is if you want a career in the horse world that actually is worthwhile, you have to make it happen. Nobody's going to make it happen for you. Would you agree with that? I do, yeah. Without 
if I would have came down here and just sat around with my butt and wanted everything handed to me, I would not be here today. I mean, we, we've got 59 head of horses, and Ooh. it is. I work seven days a week from about 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day. I never take a day off. And without your hard work and commitment, yeah, I wouldn't be here. Um, so, yes, I agree with exactly what you guys are saying. And Helena, she's a heck of a marketer, too, because she contact, she found us and contacted us. So, you know, she's also a marketer in addition to working seven days a week with the horses and trick riding. Now, most people like Helena yep. learn to trick ride by accident. Uh, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> I do my own stunts. That's right. That's how most people learn. How did, did you start learning that way when you were a kid, you know, by accident and decide, well, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hanging off the side of the horse by accident, but that was kind of fun. I need to do that more often. <laughs> how did that happen? Yeah. No, I really wasn't that kid that was like the daredevil kid that ran as fast as they could really? on the horse. I was kind of a cautious kid and then I saw the trick riding and I wanted to learn how to do it the right way and then um, Austin taught me we start with like the fundamentals just like with regular horseback riding you got to learn to turn left and right and stop your horse before you can start running and actually getting more into a discipline and it's the same with the trick riding we've got foundation maneuvers that you have to be able to do to complete standstill in a trick saddle before you even want to think about running around the arena 90 miles an hour hanging upside down off your horse Sounds like a good plan, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Smart girl. Young, pretty, talented, and smart. Yes. <laughs> well, now, Ashley, um, if somebody does want to get into trick... Sorry, Helena. If somebody no, does want to okay. get into trick riding, what what is the first step? What do you say to them? You know, you've had other girls, I'm sure, and boys ask you that question. What do you tell them? Well, basically what we do is we say, you know, we offer a week program. Um, we do have a camp coming up. It'll be January 27th through the 31st, and we do have a few spots left in that. But we do hold week-long lessons all year long here at our ranch where people who have no prior trick riding experience come here for a week. We have our own horses, equipment, and we take them from the beginning and take them as far as we can in that week. Um, we work with each individual at their own pace we're very big on safety we don't like people falling off and getting hurt <laughs> so they don't come back yeah, usually we, that way <laughs> yeah yeah that's really yeah, that's that's not good marketing come back. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good customer service when, when three quarters of your students come out with casts on that's never good for publicity <laughs> yeah no it's not <laughs> what is what do they learn to do first the first thing we teach is called um, to spin the horn. It's basically you're sitting in a sat- in a trick saddle, and you go from sitting forward in your saddle to sitting backwards in front of the horn on the horse's neck, and then returning back to the saddle. Is wow. the very first thing we teach everyone. That's awesome yeah. and sounds kind of fun. How quickly do students pick that up? Um, after they get the feel of it, trying it about twice. Um, they, they can do it standing still. And then once people figure out, you know, how to hold the horn and move their body weight around, then it becomes easier. The more it's out, trick riding is about repetition in muscle memory. So the more they do it, the better they learn it. And by the end of the week, 
generally everyone can do all, there's four foundation maneuvers. Generally, everyone can do them. It'll walk and trot in a round pen. And then we start into tricks. There's three types of tricks in trick riding. There's balance tricks, strap tricks, and groundwork. Um, Balance tricks are what we start into next. They are anything that requires balance with minimal assistance from a strap or a stirrup in your trick saddle. Groundwork is generally done by men, but there are women who do it as well, too. It's where you leave the saddle, hit the ground do a maneuver, and return back to the saddle. And strap tricks are the most dangerous. You are literally strapped to your horse, hanging upside down. Um, there's, there's a lot of them. They are the most dangerous, and they're typically done by women. So we Is that because the, the women are lighter and more agile, or why? Yeah, it has to do with they're lighter, more flexible. They can make the trick look prettier, too. Um, yeah. Well, I think women are... make anything look prettier, but then that's just... <laughs> Well, that was Down nice, day. Glenn. I do. <laughs> you came out with a good compliment. That's good. <laughs> so, so, um, so there's balance on the ground, and then the strap tricks, which it, it kind of makes sense that a woman's body movement and control can would work best with the um, while right. still attached to a moving horse. What kind of horses do you use in trick riding? And um, I'm guessing that their gates are really important for the balance tricks in particular. Yeah, um, we breed here um, at the Texas White Horse Ranch. We breed what's called American White Horses. Um, They originated from Morgan Horses and have um, Don and Joanne, who are Austin's parents, started um, the the Texas White Horse Ranch in 1968. They bought their original white horses from the White Horse Ranch in Napier, Nebraska. The... uh, um, what did they cross with? Were they all Morgans, or were they crossed with quarter horses? They or? were all. They are all. In the beginning, they were all Morgans, but they have been bred into some um, paints and uh, quarter horses and Appaloosas. Some of them have a few, a little bit of that breed in them as well. To be honest, I didn't even know they made Morgan or, or Morgans in white. They do. Um, that's. It was the very first one. It's more of a... Did you realize that, Helena? Every Morgan I've ever seen has been brown. You know? <laughs> I, I had no idea. That's well, in looking at the... Common. Yeah. Is brown, so. right. Well, the pictures on the website um, show the, the white horses or the grays, and I had would never have guessed that they were Morgans. Yeah. The but, ones we you know, have have a little bit of um, sea spot Appaloosa in them. Um, they've just been bred over the years, and... It gets down in the gene pool. You have to start expanding the breed, the breeding of them. Yeah, I tell you, they uh, the white ones, as white as these are too. Boy, they make yeah. terrific for trick horses because you really can see the rider. The rider doesn't blend into the horse at all. Right, and the difference, the biggest mistake people make is they always call our white horses gray horses. But what makes our horses not gray is that they have pink skin. They do not have any black or gray <laughs> skin on them at all. Wow, um, they so they're really white. Yeah, they are truly really white. white. We consider them snow white horses. You must go through like cases and cases of <laughs> cowboy that. magic green spot remover. <laughs> I was thinking that. <laughs> I do. Yes, we use the whitening purple and blue shampoo, and yes, it's a. It shows they get they have to get a bath at least once a day, sometimes more. Ugh. It is. Yeah, it's quite the chore to keep up with keeping them white. <laughs> yeah, you have to do it once a day because you if you let it go for even like three days, it be, it's a stain. It, it's a stain. Oh, like, yeah. You can't get that out. 
Oh, it's just like wearing like, a white t-shirt. The second you get something, you do something, it's dirty. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No matter what. So do you walk out to where are the horses kept? Do they have pasture time? Do you? Um, oh, yeah. They- we've got um, we've got about 100 acres here at the ranch. It's all pasture. We do have, um, they come into our barn every day to be fed, handled, trained, and they're turned out as well, too. Um, our studs have their own um, paddocks that they can run into and have um, stalls as they come into the barn. Um, yeah, our horses are really well taken care of. We all live here at the ranch with Don, Joanne, Austin, and myself all live here, so we all take care of them together. Um, we've got retired horses from way back in the day that were on Don and Joanne shows doing circuses and their Wild West shows, and then we have our horses that we use now, and then we've got a few young horses next couple years they'll be put into the show as well too now i do have to ask you a lot of times with uh you know we've uh you you've run into the all-american cowgirl chicks and they've been on our show a number of times uh mm-hmm. and everybody has their own you know all the performers have their own things they do in the act uh and and some are very multi-talented so do you sing and dance too I do not sing and dance. We do not. No, our shows are very action from start to finish. They are fast-paced. Our Wild West shows are 30 minutes long. We open up with Austin does a fancy bullwhipping, bullwhip-cracking act. And um, he also does trick shooting with gun spinning. And I have a Liberty and and trick horse that I work um, our trick roper, Trevor, he has an act he does in a show along with the trick riding and roman riding. We fit that all in 30 minutes. Wow. So there's the- no time for singing and dancing. There's no. <laughs> <laughs> she- well, I'm laughing because when you this this bull whip cracking gig, I, that involves a long whip, doesn't it? <laughs> cracking. Yeah, Austin, yes. Austin makes all his own whips. He has been wow. doing this act. It started with his mom when he was younger and then his sister Stacy. He did it with her and now I do it. It's he can crack targets, he cracks them out of my hands, out of my mouth. Um, he can cut them out of his own hands. We do a newspaper. We take a sheet of newspaper and cut it down to the size of a postcard. Okay, Ashley, so i got to ask a- you, the first time you stood up there for him to do that, you had to be a little nervous. I was. Yeah. And he's honest, he's only ever accidentally hit me twice. Oh, that's good. So he's a really good shot. (laughs) But those two times really hurt. He's only accidentally hit hit me 27 times. He's only in the hospital 12 times. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it doesn't really hurt. It's more like, oh my gosh, he just hit me. And then it stings a little bit, but it's not, it's not bad. Yeah, it's like falling into the hot water. It's like a horse girl. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the whip only hurt a little. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I've broken bones. That hurt a lot more. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're fun, Ashley. Uh, I tell you what, this looks like a lot of fun, and it you you can find uh, all the details of it. You know who'd love to do this? She wants to learn to Roman ride in the worst way, and I need to tell her about this. Is Wendy? Wendy. Yeah. Wendy is Wendy is my co-host for the driving radio show. And she is a lot of fun. I mean, she is so much fun. And she loves to do adventurous stuff. And she wants to learn to roam and ride and and probably trick ride and go along with it. She drives four in hands. Uh, I think that she would love that. I have to tell her about this. Yeah, you'll have to give her our information. We'd love to have her down here. We can teach her anything she wants to do. (laughs) Oh, yeah. She would would love this. (laughs) 
Yes, she won. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. Uh, well, we'll let her, we'll definitely let her know about it. And we'll post links to this on our Facebook as well as our show notes page at stablescoop.com. Ashley, give the details about when the clinic is again. That's coming up. It's it's January twenty seventh through the thirty first here at All our right, ranch, so and we're located in Troop, Texas. And and if people, because it's such late, you know, we got a hold of you so late for this one. Are you doing these all the time? Then there'll be another one coming yeah, up. Yeah, if someone would be interested but can't make the January dates, they can go to our website, which is um, texastrickriders.com, and there's a contact us form on there. They can fill out, and it goes directly to us, and they can let us know the details of what they want to do, and we can let them know about coming events. And we're pretty flexible with people's schedules with lessons. As long as we're here at the ranch, um, we we welcome people all year long. And if you want to see a picture of the adorable trick-riding Ashley, then you can uh, go to our website as well, and we'll, we'll, we'll be hosting our picture in our show notes page for today's show. Thank you, Ashley, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank Thank you. you Best wishes to you. Sparkle and Boom is a new media marketing company. Our mission is to help small businesses add some sparkle to their marketing in order to get some boom in their bottom line. Our creativity, combined with an extensive background in the equestrian industry, makes us perfectly suited to help your business capture the potential of social media and the ever-changing World Wide Web. Visit us online at www.sparkleandboom.com. A while back, um, what my product pick for Tack and Habit was the Ontite Magnetic Stirrup System, which um, I found them at Ada and thought it was a really, really cool idea. So they had me test out the product. <laughs> All right, remind everybody what it is, quick. I'm going to remind everybody. The Ontite Magnetic Stirrup System is it's a, um, a paddock boot and a stirrup. And the inside the paddock boot is a very thin plate that has a magnetic attraction to a very thin plate in the stirrup. And um, Ontite makes four different kinds of stirrups. They make the the light plastic composite stirrups, which you see like the show jumpers and the eventers using these days. They make a regular stainless steel Phyllis stirrup, your traditional stirrups. They make a peacock stirrup, which is the safety stirrup with the little rubber bandy thing on the side. A lot of kids riding those. And then they make the flex stirrups, which has the flexible... Um, sides, which is good for people with knee and ankle problems. So anyway, you can, they they have, uh, the ones that I wrote in were the composite stirrups and the paddock boots that um, I'm using are, they're just a, they're uh, not just, they're gorgeous. They're made by De Niro Boot Company. They, on type partners with them. So anyway, you put the paddock boot on, you slip your foot in the stirrup, you find the sweet spot, you know, you find the sweet spot in the ball of your foot where you really want your leg to be. And the magnetic grip of the stirrup keeps your foot, keeps your boot in that spot. And man, <laughs> what a cool concept. So I rode in them three times already. And um, it's totally weird and totally awesome at the same time. So I usually ride in Springer Bow Balance stirrups, which are great, but they're heavy. 
So the main difference I found so far was that the composite stirrups are light, which means you barely know that they're even there, which I love because the more my tack can fall into the background, the better. So the magnetic grip is not really that strong, but your boot sticks really nicely to the foot pad of the stirrup. It took two or three times for me to figure out how to break the magnetic attraction without the assistance of my hand. But once my body figured that out, I, it quickly became a part of my dismount process. It's really easy. It's Like I said, the magnetic attraction is not that strong. The greatest difference I noticed after just even just two rides is that once I do put the stirrup in the sweet spot on the ball of my foot, I don't have to mess with it again. Now, that's a bit challenging for me because the nagging task of constantly having to micro-adjust my foot position has become a habit and clearly a bad one. So the next couple of rides are going to tell me if the stirrup system actually benefits my overall leg position and the technical aspects of my riding. And I'm hoping that the elimination of the small but very distracting task of constantly adjusting my foot might free up more brain power for better riding in general. <laughs> we'll see. So now, uh, that was one of the things that we were curious about is how, quote-unquote, sticky it would be. You know, how... Would you know? Would you be stuck in your stirrup and you couldn't move your foot? No, you're totally not stuck in there. It when you first feel your foot stick to the stirrup, you're like, oh my god, my foot is stuck. Yeah. But it 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 just takes you to it just takes you thinking about um you just basically lift the inside of your foot up. You just lift and twist, and it breaks the magnetic attraction very easily. Okay, it, you, you, it's the twisting that breaks it. Yeah, and it's not okay. even a twist. It's just a it's just a shifting of the weight of your foot. So your stirrup, your foot is not going to get stuck if you fall off. It's going to absolutely not. Gosh, no way. Okay, no way. And they've tested it, and people have written reviews who have it. And there's one trainer who's like, I come off all the time. I'm you know I'm working with crazies and babies, and she's like, and my foot's never gotten stuck. So, um, it's it's really it's really interesting. Now, how about the stirrup? The, which which stirrup did you get again? I got the composites, which are the black, you know, it's like a resin, like a heavy-duty plastic resin. Is the foot pad angled? No. Not on this one? Okay. And how, how comfortable did you find the stirrups themselves? Incredibly comfortable. I was really surprised. Like I said, I've been riding in stainless steel stirrups, and then even the Sprenger stirrups, which are stainless steel, the bow balance, um are much heavier than the composites. But that's the point of the composite stirrup, is to be light. Um, these are the same stirrups that Laura Kraut, uh, Olympic show jumper, yep, yep. she rides in the on-tight system, and in particular, she uses the composites. And, and now, I can see why. Now, you got the shoes, too, which have the other half of the magnet in them. The other half of the magnet. It's a very unobtrusive, little, thin magnetic plate. You don't even feel it. It does not add to the weight of the boot. How was the boot? I mean, what, did you find them comfortable? Well, the, if you buy the boots from Ontite, you're, you're getting an Italian-made De Niro boot. Oh, well, that should be comfortable. <laughs> I'll tell you, I, I've been riding in Ariats all my life, and I, the difference <laughs> in Italian-made paddock boot is crazy. It's crazy. The minute they, I took them out of the box, I was like, holy crap. <laughs> the Italians know what they're doing. And then you put them on, and you, you understand what quality in footwear means. Um... However, you don't have to purchase the on-tight boots. You can, they have a little kit that you can buy, um, and you take it to any cobbler, and they can fit the plate right into your paddock boots or your tall boots. It's oh. like 40 bucks. Okay. Yeah, not bad at all. So I rode with the 
Um, it's a front zip paddock boot called the Thunder and the Antite Composite Stirrup. <coughs> so I've got three rides under my belt. I'm going to do some more today and this week, and I'll report in um, on another episode. Six flakes in a bale? Um, well, because I'm not the, because the review is not fully finished yet, I'm going to go with we're heading steady. There are three for now. So I got half of my review done, and they get okay. the full half of a bale. Okay. All so right. I, that's that's good. Okay. <laughs> well, all right, good. It's always good to hear about products that we've reviewed before and had a had another chance to you know really try out. Uh, so that's terrific. Well, that's it. We, we run out of time today, Helena. Besides, I have to get ready to go tomorrow. So um, we got to catch the airplane at eight thirty in the morning. So we're going to be heading out early. Uh, thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. We're going to have a whole bunch of new tack and habit segments for you that we're going to record at ADA. We always record a bunch of uh, new products that we find there. So we'll make sure to have those for you over the coming weeks ahead. And, Excellent. And you can get our app for free. Just download it at the App Store. Just hop on over to iOS or Android App Store and search for Horse Radio Network. We have thousands of people now listening that way. I just saw the latest reports, and, and I'm getting emails all the time from people who list, used to listen on iTunes and now have switched to the app. One thing I will say, a piece of advice, is if you... If you download the shows to the app, you can stream or download. A lot of people are downloading, but they haven't been deleting them. And their phones are filling up. And I've been oh. getting emails. And what what you do is you go to the download section on the app. There's only a couple buttons. You'll find a download section. That's where you listen to them. You just hold your finger on the episode that you want to delete. A delete button pops up. You hit delete. And that's as simple as that. Okay. So that's so how press you delete. and hold. Yeah, but don't forget if you've listened to an episode, delete it off because all it's doing is taking up storage space in your phone. So uh, delete them as you listen to them is the advice I would give. And your website, Selena? Well, um, you can go to chasingafox.com for fox hunting information and fashion advice. And you can also visit Sparkle and Boom, who's actually a sponsor, one of our sponsors, at sparkleandboom.com. They offer uh, creative and effective marketing for small businesses. And don't forget about Helena's other show and all of all of my other shows. You can find them all at horseradionetwork.com. They're all on one page there. Thanks, Helena. We'll see you in two days. We'll see you in two days. Happy scooping, everybody. <laughs>